Thank you for tuning in this week for another episode of Shades Midweek. Uh, we are at a difficult moment in our country, and if you were able to be a part of our live stream on Sunday, we began to talk about the issues surrounding racial injustice and the death of George Floyd and just how we should be responding as Christians and as a church, and we took a time to pray for that as well. We want you to know that we intend to continue that conversation on Shades Midweek. However, uh, we are going to wait one week until next week, and the reason is because we have the opportunity to have Dr. Robert Smith Jr. join us uh, to be a part of that conversation, and we want to hear from him and learn from his experience. Dr. Smith is a 71-year-old black pastor who taught preaching to both myself and to Brad at Beeson Divinity School. He marched with Dr. King. He loves the Lord, walks with Jesus, and we want to sit at his feet next week as we have a conversation with him about uh, current events. So this week, uh, we've just done another uh, Meet a Member episode, and we hope that it will be uh, an encouragement to you uh, during this time. Thank you for listening. episode of Shades Midweek, where we have conversations about culture, theology, and all things Shades. I'm Brad Brown, joined in the studio by Jonathan Hafes, and a special guest today, Rena Kelly. Rena, how are you. you doing today? Good. I'm doing, this has been a good day. It is the, the Rena Kelly. That is the, true. <laughs> that, is a, that is a good way to say it. Yes. <laughs> From now on, starting today, everyone goes by that. I mean, everyone has to address me that way. <laughs> That's all <laughs> Yes. Hello, the <laughs> Rena Kelly. I will take it. <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much for agreeing on the somewhat short notice. <laughs> to, Thank to you for having us me today here. to come in. We have Rena on today because we are continuing in our series of meet a member, and which has been so good during this quarantine season. And so we are excited to have Rena on today, and I think we're just going to dive right in. If that's okay with you, Rena. Sounds good. We have so many questions. So many We just questions. need to get right to yeah, it. Make the best stuff this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we want to start by just hearing a little bit about how you grew up. Okay. I, I don't know if you can tell, Brad, but I'm pretty sure she grew up the exact same way that we did. <laughs> yes. She sounds like she's from Georgia, just like we sound. Exactly. That classic Southern accent. <laughs> Am I the only non... Wait, are you both from Georgia? Yeah, I was born in Texas, but grew up. I mean, I, I was raised in Georgia, uh, okay. South Georgia. Brad's a city boy. Well, I was born in Columbus, Georgia, and then moved to Peachtree City, Georgia, which is a suburb. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I did not grow up, or well, nor was I raised in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I was born in Kerala. That's the state in southern India where my family is from, and then. I grew up in a military family, so my dad was in the Indian Navy for 35 years. And so part of that, obviously, we moved several cities. Um, and we they have now been, for the last, I want to say, 20-something years in a city called Bangalore, which is about, it's in the south, 
southern part of India also, large city. Um, it's probably where a lot of your call centers <laughs> were established. I was about to ask, define large. I think when I checked, the population of the city area was about 10 million. Wow. That's impressive having that figure too ready to go. Because I've been asked that question. I mean, <laughs> I, I was times. about to say, she could totally make it up unless we're going to like check her right now. No, no, I did. No. I did have to go in and look at it because at some point someone asked me, like, is that the most popular city? I'm like, I know it's not the most popular city, but it's up there. Mm. I mean, relative to where we are now, is everything it, would be. Is Mumbai, Bombay? Uh, that that the is. most populous? I think they, uh, whatever the last census count was, they were at, I think, close to 18, 19 million people. Wow. So it's a very different scale. Yeah. <laughs> a little different <laughs> Birmingham. To where we are now. Um, mm. But anyway, I grew up, I'm the younger of two kids. Um, we grew up in a church-going family. Going to church every Sunday was just what we did. I mean, my parents are Christians, their parents, as far back as I can remember, we all went to church. That was just that's what you did on Sunday. Um, but I think, I, I don't, uh, this is where I get a little confused. I don't know to what extent any of us really had a more personal relationship with Christ until much later down. Yeah. But growing up was always, um, you know, my mom was a school teacher. My dad was in the Navy. And, you know, it's a very, very typical middle class family upbringing. Um, my mom was always a little bit more strict. Uh, we rag on her a lot about that now. I was <laughs> like, you didn't let us enjoy, like, enjoy some of the things of childhood just because of how strict you were. And she's like, well, you all grew up okay, so I don't think we have anything to complain about. <laughs> so. The end result speaks for my methods. Yeah, she's like, it doesn't matter. You're here. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I we were very fortunate, like very loving family. Got to spend a lot of time with our grandparents who were within... I want to say like three to four hours away, driving distance from us. Um, you know, my dad's family is relatively large. Mom's is a, a little bit smaller, but very close to our extended family also. Um, yeah, it was just, um, you know, and my sister, I have an older sister, three and a half years older than me. And like any other family that has two girls, it was lots of fighting <laughs> <laughs> all the way till she left to go to college. Um, but yeah, I mean... She was the one that actually um, shared the gospel with me for the first time, at which point I committed my life. It was through my sister. So, it's awesome. Now, yeah. now, um, Christianity is not the dominant religion. No, <laughs> in in India. No. So, but I know that India is is not the same. Like I think. Uh, uh, just admitting my own ignorance before I went mm -hmm. to India uh, in 2010, mm -hmm. I'd, I just thought of it as, you know, just all the same, just as a singular mm -hmm. country. I didn't even realize that this, this country was divided into so many different states mm -hmm. and there are so many different uh, people groups within mm -hmm. and individual languages and cultures right. and all of those kinds of things. So, so I think, you know, when most people think of Christianity in relation to mm -hmm. India, they think of it as nearly next to non-existent. So what what is your specific state area you're from? What's the presence of Christianity like there? So the state where I was born, or rather where my parents are from, um, also has pockets of the state, which is very, uh, which has a very high proportion of Christians in some areas and others, it's predominantly Hindu. So as a nation... I think we are at close to 80, 82% Hindus. Mm. Um, and then there's almost like 15 to 
12 to 15 percent. I may be getting my figures wrong on that, which are Muslims. Right. And then in the remaining whatever we have is where Christianity, Sikhism, Buddhism, Jainism, like all of those fall into that. Um, So it's a very small percentage. But given the size and population of India, it still amounts to a pretty sizable number of people right? in absolute numbers. Um, the state where I'm from does have a lot of Christians. Um, so I don't know to what extent this is true. And given that I'm in a <laughs> in a very theological environment, you guys can correct me. I don't know if the Apostle Paul's, uh, not Paul, Thomas. Yes. His missionary journey was to India. Yeah. Church church history, like tradition, tells mm-hmm. us that Thomas was uh, took the gospel to India. Yes. So there, so there is one um, one city in India where they have a church up on a hill, um, and they say they have, I think, a little bit of a what I want to call like a shrine. I've only been there one time in my life. You had to like trek up the hill to go to that church, and they have what they claim is um, his footprint. Mm-hmm. sort of encased in glass and covered. And so that's a trip that a lot of Christians will make every year around um, Easter or the Holy Week. They will right. make that trip up there. And you've been there before? I've been there one time before. So one question. What size <laughs> shoe do you think Thomas wore? It was a very big foot. <laughs> that's all I can tell you. <laughs> that's on- honestly all I Not remember. given a number, but let's just say, generally speaking. It was much larger than mine. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> Well, no. so did uh, did you grow up with mostly Christian friends as well, or was there a lot of diversity in your, your friend groups? Um, so I want to say for the first several years of school, I would... I was probably the only Christian... So when you talk about friends, like it was... It's a very... It was a very divided group, right? So since we were... Um, grow, since I grew up within a naval community, the Indian naval community, right. we lived within the naval base area but the school I went to was a public school so my friends that I had at school were different from the friends that I would hang out with in the evening and play that was a different group Um, so amongst my school friends I was probably the only Christian Mm. Um, amongst friends that sort of lived in our neighborhood um, we probably had a few more but it was always a very transient population like because people would come they would stay for about three to five years and they would get posted out further you know the whole family would move then a couple different moves you may have another intersection at some point they may come back or you may move to the city where they are at um but for the most part so that's something that you know i tell jason even now like that's something i feel like i have never had that friend who i grew up with from the time i was in second grade Mm -hmm. and had all the way to now just because that was not the environment i grew up in sure you know moving was a constant for us right right do you feel like that uh, being the only Christian amongst your school mm-hmm. friends and such that that had a shaping effect on your faith growing up. Um, so at the time, I just went to church because that's what we did. I didn't, I didn't know any better. I didn't ask any different questions. Um, you know, and and at a certain point, it just seemed like the going to temples and doing what the Hindus were doing just seemed so much more fruitful. Because here we were sitting and praying to. Like no deities, no statues, no idols, and nothing that you could physically see. And for a six, seven, eight year old, it's like it, it was hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to you would go, I would, I mean, I've gone several times with my friends to a temple, and you would like physically st- see a statue, and you would see someone praying 
on your behalf and that sort of made more of a oh this this makes more sense at that point um once i once i submitted my life to christ and then you sort of grew in faith and then i now i when i go back and look like there's a part of me that just my heart breaks at how mm. how laborious all of that seems mm. um without much hope mm. yeah but th- that's again purely my perspective like i don't know where they stand right right no for sure uh, yeah it, it's interesting uh just even you mentioning that intangibleness and um invisibility mm-hmm. of the god that we worship i mean that was a reason that uh historically christians and and jews as well would often get accused mm-hmm. of being atheists mm-hmm because you couldn't see their God. Right. You can point, you know, where is this God that you worship? And I think when you have when you when you live in a context where people around you are also of a similar faith and like everyone's sort of in the same I want to call it place of worshiping an an unseen God. Mm. Um it doesn't strike as as obvious or as different. When you are like the minority in a larger group of people who are you know, who make the case for going and praying at, you know, a physical location where there is a physical structure, that dichotomy becomes a lot more obvious mm. to a younger mind. Right. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. So you talked about a moment where your faith became more personal. Mm-hmm. Would you mind talking a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so I want to say I was, gosh, my sister is three and a half years older. So when she went to college is when sort of she... She was, you know, the gospel was shared to her and she accepted Christ and she came back, you know, in the excitement of a new believer and she came and shared it with all of us. And I joke about this, that probably between mom, dad and myself, we all had like three different reactions to her enthusiasm and excitement. (laughs) (laughs) She told me and I was like, oh my goodness, yes, it doesn't matter what you said. You're my big sister, so it's got to be true. I just like, I'll jump on it right away. (laughs) Um, She told my mom and in true mom fashion, she listened and she was like, okay, like, I don't see the point. And then I think, and I could be wrong. If you ask my sister, she'll probably tell you a different version. But my dad was, like, he listened to her and he's like, yeah, but that's what we've been doing all along. Like, (laughs) I don't see what's any different than what you are coming and telling us. Right, Um, right. But I, at that point, I think my sister came, shared the gospel, and I was like, yes, this is it. This is is exactly what I want. And I'm like, I want to submit my life to Jesus. We prayed. And I had no idea what I had done. Um, (laughs) So so how old were you at that time? 17. 17. (laughs) I mean, at 17, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, Did any of yeah. us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but no, I, I gave my life to Christ that day. And and then I want to say, like, for the next seven years, six years, it was a very, very slow process. Like, I was still mm. going to church. And, like, in my mind, like, nothing radical had changed. Like, I was going to church before I was going to church now. You know, I was reading the Bible before I was reading it now. Um and I think the the gravity of recognizing or understanding what that sacrifice meant for me personally and, you know, the concept of salvation, it took a long time for me to actually understand that. I was able to say the words and to tell people if I had to share it, but for me to understand, it took a lot longer. And so I think I, I didn't get, so I was baptized as an infant and I didn't get baptized again until I, uh, I want to say almost nine years later after I accepted because I had I had decided that I only want to get baptized when I am fully sure of it this time yeah. I don't want to make a decision because somebody else did it right um and so I waited eight nine years I went and spoke to different people and I wanted to know I was like you know like I have been baptized you know 
what does this baptism mean? What is is it going to change? What is going to change? Uh, and so I had a lot of different conversations. Um, and then, yeah, I went and got baptized. And I was, in my mind, naively, I was expecting something to change and you know, something radical again to change, and nothing did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was good. I mean, I think that sort of taught me that it's, you know, it's not a one and done. It's an it's an ongoing process. Mm. Um, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a daily struggle. Like, you, you have to... I have had to sort of, it has taken a long time for me to get that belief in my heart set in stone and solid that, mm. you know, that unshakable faith where right. I'm at now. That mm. didn't come overnight. That has taken 20 years mm. from the time I accepted Christ till today. So, yeah, 20 years. I, <laughs> I don't think I realized it was 20 years until I just <laughs> said it. <laughs> I was like, 20 years. <laughs> Makes me feel so. No, no that's, that's beautiful. And that's, I mean, I think that that's another one of those places where our relationship with Christ, the church's relationship with Christ, runs parallel to marriage. Mm-hmm. And that there's this sense, you know, on your wedding day, you, you're pledging to love mm-hmm. this person that's across from you. Mm-hmm. And you mean it, mm-hmm. like it's real, of course. but you're going to spend <laughs> decades learning the depths, yep. you know, and, and discovering the depths and that love becoming so much deeper, so much mm-hmm. more solidified, right. being filled with so much more meaning. And I, I think that's so true in our relationship um, with the Lord as well, that, you know, often when we come to faith, especially if we grow up in a believing home where we've been taught about Christ for as long as we can remember, it's it's hard often to feel like there's just this moment where Christ becomes real to mm-hmm. us. It's it's much more of this like I recognize that I'm growing in the reality of of who Jesus is and and what my relationship with Him right. means. So no, that's 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 beautiful. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, so grow up in India, graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Go off to college at that point. Uh, stayed at home and went to college. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I was I was a child that stayed at home till I will shamelessly admit I stayed till I was thirty. <laughs> till I moved to come here, I stayed at home because uh, that's just part of the Indian culture. Like it's not common mm. to move away from home and go live in an apartment or any place uh, if you're in the same city as your parents. Right. If I was going to go to college away from my parents, totally makes sense. But I was able to get into dental college in the same city as where my parents were. And I was like, there's no point in spending money. Like, you can stay here. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm learning. I, you probably told me this before, but I feel like I'm learning for the first time right now that you went to dental college. I did. I did mm-hmm. go to dental college. Five years of dental college. I practiced as a dentist for eight years. Did you really? I did. How? Wait. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how did I not know? See, I've got this question about my tooth back here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, that's <laughs> blowing my mind right now. So you, you practice as a dentist mm-hmm. for eight years, and then all of a sudden you're Almost. like, yeah, I'm just going to do something else. No, I mean, so <laughs> <laughs> it was a little it's bit a little more, more complicated. <laughs> yeah, huh? it's a little bit, okay. There's a little bit more layers to that. So I think um, once I finished dental college, all of my, so I think that again, like this is where some of the education system structures also work very differently. So I, in India, you get into professional college out of high school. So after high school, I had to write like a national level 
entrance examination, which is similar to, I think, your SATs. And then gotcha. I, my ranking was good enough to get me into dental college. Um, so I didn't have to go through four years of college and then to dental school. I just went from high school directly into dental college. It's almost like that makes sense. <laughs> it was glorious. I don't understand why we don't do it that way. That is a whole different conversation. Different podcast. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I went directly from high school into dental college and I did that for five years. Um, and then right out of college, I went into practice and I worked with several different practitioners who already had clinics and stayed there for two years, one year, just depending on, you know, what felt right. So I did that in Bangalore where my parents were for, I want to say about four or five years, five years. And then I moved to Mumbai just because I was like, you know what, I'm not learning anything more here. And my dad wanted, my dad was very keen that I start my own clinic and I just didn't want to get into making that commitment because I was like, if you have a clinic and you set up your clinic, it's a lot of you know, physical energy, financial, you know, investment. And I was like, I just don't want to do it right this second. Um, and he w- he could never understand why not, because all of my friends and peers were setting up clinics everywhere. And mm. many of them were very successful. And he was like, you are good. Why would you not do it? And I was like, nope, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> so I kept putting it off. And I was like, you know, I, I want to go work somewhere else. I want to go work in a different city. So I went to Mumbai. I did. Like what, what years were you in Mumbai? 2010, 11, 12. That's when I went. <laughs> when I went. We probably saw each you other on the street because <laughs> it's such a small I know, city. I, mean, I would have you know. definitely seen yeah, you. Right? Definitely, <laughs> no, definitely. Let me rephrase that. You would have definitely <laughs> known who I was. So. <laughs> um, no, so I went to Mumbai for th- two and a half years and, and I loved it. It was a great experience. I was living by myself for the first time. Um, you know, I suddenly had to figure out how to manage an entire house and not have food ready for me just when I got back home, which mom would do. I love my mom. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was it was hard. It was really hard. Um, and, you know, Jonathan, you've been to Mumbai, so you know it can be a very busy and unforgiving city. Like, nobody has a time to, like, coddle you for anything. It's like, if you haven't sure. figured it out, you take your time and do it. Let us know if you have questions. Then that's about it. Um, and so it was hard, but it taught me more than I thought I would have learned. Mm. Um, and then I stayed there for two years. And then um, around that time, my sister got married here in the States. And so we made a trip here for the wedding. You know, we were here. Um, she got married. She and her husband, they got married in Portland, Oregon. So we were here in 2012 for the wedding. And then I had been sort of contemplating. I, 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 I'm not happy doing what I'm doing because it was burning me out. And I was just... You know, I feel physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted um, at the end of it. And so my dad, again, why don't you go back and get your master's in dental, you know, in dental sciences, dental surgery? And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. That does not sound appealing at all. We had that conversation several times and it just it, I, I just couldn't get my heart on board. And then I was like, I'm going to write my GRE and I'm going to try to go abroad and study and then there was all these questions of well what do you want to do what are you going to do with your degree are you going to use your degree as like a a launching pad to go there and do your dental degree I was like I don't know I'm not thinking that far I'm going to do I'm going to just take the one step ahead of me I can't I can't plan that far ahead okay question uh did your parents expect their children to have an arranged marriage so yes yes so actually in the middle of all of this like career related you know questions and discussions happening there was also in parallel 
there was a lot of you know marriage related discussions also happening right i mean like in true indian family fashion my mm-hmm. parents you know wanted <laughs> to see both of their kids married by the time we were 24 25 26 and my sister wasn't married at that point and i had said that you know i'm not going to get married until she gets married if we're doing it arranged marriage if we get to decide then i want to make sure that she's married before i am mm-hmm. <laughs> again that's a whole separate <laughs> podcast but <laughs> um so we might be interested <laughs> in well, making that podcast. so many questions part two <laughs> no so my uh my parents were sort of in parallel also searching for prospective alliances and i met several different you know guys some were very nice i just nothing really worked um and so i think at a certain point i was getting really frustrated and also it was emotionally a very very hard season like to be single and then to almost feel like you're being paraded <laughs> in front of these prospective or uh, suitors and nothing really working out and you keep coming back like is it because of me am i not doing something right like do i need to change something and you know i think and i i have to credit my sister and she was at a certain point she was like just why don't you come here like quit your job and come stay with us for a couple months and prepare for your GRE whatever exams you need it'll give you a break from sort of listening to this constant thing of oh but you're not married yet are you still single what is that like how mm. come you've decided not to get married and i'm like it's not my decision but thank you for asking <laughs> pretty much in the in that tone so i did i quit my job without a plan in hand without any real saving i just quit my job and i was like now i don't know what to do and and my sister they she and her husband 3 months into their marriage very generously hosted me for 3 months right so i stayed with them for 3 whole months and sort of worked on my preparatory exams and um all of my college applications f- to go to school here in the us so i finished my exams and then went, went back to india because i had to apply from there i couldn't apply from here i had to go back and apply from there wow So, yeah, I was just like flying back and forth. I was here in April, then went back in May, came back in August, left in November, and then came back in July <laughs> in like a 12 month, less than 12 months. I just did all of that. Before that time period, because you mentioned you came to the US for your sister's wedding. Mm-hmm. So, before that time period, had you been to the US? Yes, yeah, so I my family and I we came for the first time in 93. And then like we've come back. I think since 2004, I want to say a, it was a great year. It's 93. <laughs> It's a good year in my childhood. I'm just <laughs> I was like all I know is that the Bulls won <laughs> the NBA that's about as much as I know. <laughs> But no we came so my mom's brother lives out in Chicago and we came you know they were very gracious and hosted us the first time when we came for a couple of months and you know I came when I was 11 so I was like this is this is amazing like, this is where this is where you want to be like you know there's all these different kinds of food which wasn't just rice and chapatis what we eat and curry and i was like that's boring like look at this everyone's eating a burger all the time <laughs> now 20 years later and i'm like oh my goodness this is anyway <laughs> yes you you know you should you should talk to more people that have come to the states for the first time at the impressionable age of 11 oh my god <laughs> you were also in chicago <laughs> you know and and now you're living in Birmingham. alabama <laughs> <laughs> not exactly the same <laughs> but no so it was, and then so so that visit was the first time we came to the states and then in 2002 my sister moved here to go to college mm-hmm. uh, and so my sister and I we've done like a very typical indian family thing where you you know grow up in india do your bachelor's degree there and then you work for a little bit if if that fits in but then you come to the us work on a master's degree and then 
um, work in the professional field. Gotcha. I decided to go in, go back to school <laughs> third time around. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're here. Mm-hmm. You're back in school. Mm-hmm. You've left some of these marriage pressures behind. And somewhere along the way, though... You do end up meeting a guy. Yes. So that a lot happened between that, between those two instances also. So, I mean, I moved here in 2013. Okay. I didn't meet Jason until the end of 2016. So there was like another three years. And I think when I came here, I had also told my parents, like given them the condition that I'm going there, you guys are welcome to do whatever searching you want. But just know that I'm in school. I don't have the time to keep driving around and meeting people. School is going to be my priority. So my dad and mom. Were so they were searching in India. for a match yeah. for you that who was stateside that you could drive around and meet Hopefully, here. Hopefully, possibly. Yeah. You know, or it would be like a blind date set up and they'd be like, oh, this is the person you may have to go to. I don't know, whatever place. Or he'll be in California when you go. I'm sure break. you have so many amazing date stories <laughs> that. We need it's to another, hear. It's, it's another, another podcast. podcast. Part two. <laughs> We're just going to start a separate podcast. Conversations with Rena. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, so, I mean, I when I came, I moved from India. I moved to Columbia, Missouri. I had to pull up a map to look and find out where it was. I did not know where Columbia, Missouri was. I would need to pull up a map and look and see where it is. And it's much like you, most people that I talked to, they were like, oh, is that in St. Louis? I'm like, no, apparently it's a different city altogether. Uh, and so I went to Columbia. I was there for two years, and then I went to St. Louis for a year. Absolutely loved it. And moving to Birmingham was probably, like, in my mind, it was the worst decision. I what? <laughs> what did you think about Birmingham before I, you came? I hated it. I did not <laughs> want to move here under any circumstances. Like, I was trying everything in my power to avoid moving here. So I had been offered admission to UAB for the PhD program. Or let me take that back. I, d- I don't think it was confirmed as yet. I had submitted my application super late. Didn't think I was going to get in. And then just to avoid Birmingham, I was like, I just, th- I don't want to go here. I went back and applied to my, to the University of Missouri, to their business school, like a program which had nothing to do with what I was doing. I was like, <laughs> I am willing to do this. And I went and met with all the faculty there and they all came back. They're like, why are you doing this? Like, it doesn't seem like a great fit. Because I'm not going to Birmingham, that's why. I couldn't tell them that, though. <laughs> that's not an uh, acceptable answer. That's and I was true. trying to spin it positive so many different ways. And I was like, I just, I can't. And finally, my sister, I was talking, I mean, I would talk to her mm-hmm. every day and she's like, you know, maybe this is what God wants you to do. Just he has strategically closed every other door. Um, so this is it's either this or you go back home to India. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to go home. either. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, fine, we'll we'll go to Birmingham. Because in my mind, I was like, if I'm coming to do a Ph.D., it's another life commitment. And, and I think, as I have said before, doing my master's in dentistry, setting up a clinic like there is a theme. right? I didn't want to make a commitment if I didn't know I was necessarily going to stay in that field or in that place. Mm-hmm. And so I I resisted. I did not want to move to Birmingham at all. And I'm, it took me a, a long time to actually come to find some, something to love about the place. Because when I moved, I did not know a single soul. Wow. I did not know anybody here. I had spoken to the director of my program one time on the phone, and that was it. I didn't know another student. I didn't know a professor. I did not have a friend. I didn't have anyone from my church in St. Louis. Nobody knew anybody here. Wow. And so I, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is what we're doing. So I packed up my car and a U-Haul and a couple friends and my sister helped me move. Um, and yeah, it was it was not a pleasant first few months. Yeah. Just because it was so new, it was so sure. difficult. Um, and I came in August. It was blistering heat, so <laughs> humid. I was like, 
Oh, this, yeah. <laughs> if there is a glimpse of hell, this is probably <laughs> what it is. And I say that in the nicest possible way. <laughs> in like, the nicest yeah. way. <laughs> but it was it totally. was so hard. Like the tell, first few tell months. Tell us how you really <laughs> feel. <laughs> <laughs> the first few months were really, really hard. Um, sure. And then I think like once... Once I sort of went past the first year over here, things got a little easier. By that point, I'd also met Jason. So it was, it was yeah, a little... Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> How, did, How that? did that happen? Yeah, Because as we all know, Jason <laughs> is so talkative. <laughs> he actually is. He is pretty talkative. But <laughs> it, has to be, it has to be in a setting where he feels like, you know, it's something he wants to share. But, and that's mostly at home when I'm around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jason and I met online, and that is not something we have told a whole lot of people. <laughs> Un- until well, we just... We're, we're you've just heard it here first on Shades Midweek. <laughs> we're just going to send it out to, to everyone. Yes, and I decided when I say it, we're going to put it out for the whole world to hear. Um, now, we met online, uh, and I had actually signed up on this site for... I, I think my, my roommate at the time kept talking about it, and I was like, no, I'm not interested and finally, I was like, you know what? Let me see what it's about. So I signed up for a span of 10 minutes. And I was like, I can't do this. This is awful. And in that 10 minutes, I had only talked to Jason. That's it. I didn't <laughs> talk to anyone else. Like, he gave me his wow. number. And I I, I, mean, I I, think I saved that number or that chat. And I deleted the app off my phone. I was like, I don't I, want to. I, knew I, had, I had this 10-minute conversation with Jason and decided, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know single people that have been in online dating for years and have not had one positive experience so oh, the I fact that it was the first 10 minutes no 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 i had had several different <laughs> i know there are so many people that are just sobbing right now no, because i had, had i had tried the online dating several different times and had some real absolute horror stories and that's why i was so hesitant to sign up yeah. my roommate kept telling me i think she kept trying to convince me for over two weeks i was like absolutely not it seems like it's i've been there done that not interested I only signed up to see what the hype uh, was about, mm-hmm. um, just based on what she was saying. To be fair, she was also 22. The fact that I was <laughs> like a 22-year-old was trying to convince me on what I should do. And I, I would li- literally to sort of coddle her, I signed up. And then in 10 minutes, I was like, nope, don't have the patience <laughs> or the time for this. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but anyway, that's where we met. He gave okay. me his number. He was like, this is my number. Feel free to text me. And it still took me like another day to actually, you know, pick up my phone and enter that number and actually text him. And he was very nice about it, um, you know, because I told him I was like, because he told me, he was like, I didn't see you back on the site. And I told him because I deleted it. I'm not interested in being online. Um, and for the first, I want to say almost four months, I even refused to label our relationship as anything. And he kept saying he was like, oh, I'm seeing someone. He would tell his friends and I just plain refused i was like there is no label going on this until so we started we met i want to say sometime in september i told him till january i'm not even putting a label on this you are welcome to say what you want but just know that from my side there is no label this is just we are hanging out i need to know why is this always the consistent (laughs) theme why is this like every every couple we talk to it's like yeah the 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 lady's always like i wasn't interested i didn't want to label it Right. So where did you go for your first meet, official meet, physically? Macario's. We went downtown. Oh. It's a Mediterranean Lebanese restaurant. And so, like, if you talk to Jason, he will usually tell you the the story behind it. He had planned for, and I had, we had planned to meet at lunch, because I was like, I don't know 
I don't want to do dinner because that makes it too much of a date. So it's like, I'll meet you for lunch right after class. I'll Isn't come. It <laughs> funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> like different meal times have, have different yes. meanings. Yes, yes, absolutely. Lunch is rarely yeah. a date. Breakfast is kind of weird. Breakfast yeah. is weird. Coffee <laughs> is more on the date line. Yes, a Coffee casual. Coffee dinner for sure date. <laughs> lunch is not. <laughs> but I went right after classes. So I had, I had a stats class from 9 to 11.45. And then I told him I'll meet him at noon. So I was like, okay, that little bit of window is enough because otherwise I'll change my mind. Um, so I went, we met for lunch and he had decided that he's going to meet me for lunch. And if he likes, you know, if he likes me as a person, then he will invite me to go to the Vulcan because I'd never been to the Vulcan at that point. And if I was, if I didn't come across as interesting, he was going to say, you know, I'm glad we met for lunch, you know, all the best. And he would leave. <laughs> but I got the <laughs> invitation to the Vulcan. So so. You, you advanced to round I two. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, so we met, um, you know, we did lunch and Vulcan for our first date. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. <laughs> Four years. <laughs> oh, so, so crazy because y'all were y'all was still uh, still dating when when we first met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were dating. He, we were going to two different churches um, and then, so almost a year later, when we knew that, okay, we do want to get married, it's just, you know, it's just a matter of time. Um, we sort of talked about it and we were like, we should, w- both of us wanted to go to the same church. We wanted to be able to build that foundation together. Um, and he was going, he didn't care for the place I was going to. He couldn't feel connected. Sure. I couldn't feel connected where he was going. Um, and so we couldn't find a middle ground. And so I was like, you know what, let's just find neutral ground (laughs) place that neither of us currently go to um so we uh we went to a few different places again one he liked i didn't another one i liked and he couldn't get on board Uh, and then he said you know what this is a place my friend has suggested it's called shades it's somewhere in homewood i was like okay fair enough it's close we were living downtown i was like it's close to where we live we'll go check it out and then we came we're gonna pick right back up right there with how y'all ended up here uh but at this exact moment we're gonna pause in your story and do uh this original idea that we stole from other podcasts that we like (laughs) to call speed round and uh brad you want to explain what's about to happen i think rena may have listened to an episode before so i think she may know a little bit of what's coming oh she knows (laughs) and everyone listening knows all right rena are you ready Sure. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to ask a question. You got you just the first thing that comes to your mind. That's the response we want. Okay. Right? And then you can explain afterwards, but you got to answer quickly. What was your favorite toy growing up? Barbie. <laughs> Not even, I, I don't even know why. So I didn't, we didn't even have a Barbie until I want to say we were 12, 11, 12. So we didn't have it when we were like really young. It didn't come until much later. Uh-huh. My aunt brought, I want to say one Barbie and then both of us would like take turns. My sister and I were like, okay, you get to have it for a little bit of time and then you get it for a little bit. And then I think the next time my aunt came, she brought she brought one more. So we had our own ones. But <laughs> that's the first answer that came to mind. The, that like 15 seconds right there. That's all I'm going to let my children hear of this podcast. <laughs> And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make them believe she didn't have a toy until she was 12, <laughs> and then she had to share that one. That one toy. <laughs> All right, name a pet peeve. 
Oh, so many. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, you can name multiple if you'd like. Not getting to a place on. Oh, no, 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 no. I take that back. Asking for my advice on something and then turning around and doing whatever you were planning to do originally anyway. <laughs> I'm like, why are you asking this me? This isn't directed towards Jason. No, 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 okay. no, no. <laughs> Just anybody. And I'm like, why are you asking me? Because in my mind, I feel like if someone's asking for help, I have to do a very thorough job in what I tell them. So I'll go take my time and give a lot of detailed advice. And then they're like, thank you. I'm going to go back and do what I thought. <laughs> I'm like, why would you? Do? Why did I invest this energy? They, they'd already decided. I they know. were just looking for affirmation. I know. Oh, so hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you had to pick a new name for yourself, what would that name be? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to change my name. This is easy. I have realized in any country, in any language, for almost anybody, Rena is easy enough to say without butchering the name. So I'm going to stick with <laughs> stick what with I it. have. Fair enough. Because <laughs> I've had friends come and tell me, like they listen to my name. It happens even now, actually. They listen to my name and rarely do they expect a brown skinned person to walk out when you when they see the name Rena Kelly. Rarely do they see... You know, someone from India to like show up on a video screen or up in front of them. They're expecting, I don't know, something different. And they're like, oh, maybe it's your middle name. Is it more Indian? I'm like, no, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? Where is the Indian name? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. That, that's that's all I got. <laughs> what, what was your main name? Joseph. Rina Joseph. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right? So there's, <laughs> nope, there's I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> there's nothing to indicate that I'm Indian. You know, not from my name, at least. I like what I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the most beautiful place you've ever been? Oh, so many. I mean, uh, so I think I don't remember. So this is the sad I'm, part. I'm I don't sensing remember a theme <laughs> where she has a hard time narrowing down. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I don't remember the exact name of the place, but my um, the youth group that I was a part of, we went for a youth camp to a place which I want to say is like eight or ten hours away from Bangalore. I remember we had to take, it was an overnight bus ride and then we had to hike from the, well, the base of that hill, wherever the campground was. From the base of the hill, we had to hike for almost an hour and a half to get to the actual campsite. Wow. And then they did all of our sessions, another 30-minute walk up, like on a hill. And it was the most beautiful place i have ever seen for the life of me i can't remember the name all right <laughs> rena rena's parents we're we're gonna need the name of this place actually i can ask my cousin it's, and tell you she's like, the one who yes. will know my parents i well, gotta know where this know. paradise on earth is <laughs> it was beautiful i still remember one of the mornings of camp i went i i oh i mean i was there was a stream i was sitting there with my feet in the water it was cold well cold by indian standards um it was probably Wait, like what does that mean? Probably like 65. No, <laughs> 65 or 70. Let's be real. But it was a little cooler than wherever else we had been. And I remember sitting with my feet in the water. I had the Bible and I was reading the book of John. And it was, that was probably, I want to say like 16 years ago. And the fact that I still remember it with mm. so much clarity. I got to go back and find the name of that place. Oh, it was right. beautiful though. Who inspires you? In what aspect? <laughs> that That's all I have written too down. broad. That is very broad. Um, First thing that comes to mind? My sister. Mm. That's a good answer. My sister. All right. Favorite TV show? The Office. 
That's the only thing I can tell you. <laughs> I was about to say, this is our first one. She didn't even have to consider no, it. Do have you have a favorite episode? So many. So many. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So many. There it really is. Like. There it is. Like, I don't know, Scott's Tots, I think is what it's called. Oh, that's that's yes. almost like a train wreck that you don't want to watch, but you can't not watch it. Um, I think I just watched that one oh, two yeah. days ago. But I have watched The Office on repeat i want to say this is my fourth time even yes. now if haven't it, we all i yes. mean not my <laughs> husband though not my husband though. even now when he goes to bed early and if i'm not sleepy i'll just turn on the office <laughs> watch like three episodes and then go to bed there it is. that's amazing all right what would you choose for your last meal oh indian food uh, sure. I, I was i was hoping <laughs> i was like i was like after that comment earlier South Indian food. Um, so there is something called appam and chicken curry, uh, which my mom makes. And I may be totally biased, but I think she makes the best uh-huh. in the world. Um, but it's essentially made with rice, flour. Um, it's like a it's a combination between a pancake and a crepe uh, with savory chicken curry. It is the best thing. Okay, so mm. next time your parents are here. <laughs> yes. yes. We, we've got to experience this because yes. I'm hungry. Yes, it is. It Just is actually really good. I mean, sure. I don't know a single friend, Indian, non-Indian. It doesn't matter. I don't know of a single person who has tasted it and has not liked it. Mm. It is. It's it, that all right. and, and there's chicken involved. Yes. This sounds like the the Indian version of chicken and waffles, because <sighs> because it's like a crepe pancake thing going on, but yet there's chicken. I'm like. But it's chicken and gravy. It's not dry oh, fried yeah, chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, fried chicken is like that's that's fine. Oh that's sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do we do everything with gravy, right? <laughs> with everything with a sauce. I'm feeling like there's a lot more similarities between the Southern United States and India than I thought before. <laughs> Just gravy on everything. Yes. Exactly. Also love the fact that it's like a global sentiment. That you know m- nobody makes it better than my mom. That's just that's a global sentiment. I love it. I just think she does the best. All right, can you do a cartwheel? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I have tried. My six-year-old niece does really phenomenal cartwheels, and then she'll call me and she's like, "Watch, watch me do a cartwheel." I'm like, and then she'll ask, "Can you do one?" And I was like, "Nope. <laughs> We're just gonna leave it at that." <laughs> All right. Favorite Lord of the Rings character. I have never watched it. I have not read the book. I know. I asked that question as we were <laughs> he did talking this. beforehand. Mm. He did this just Does for any me. character come to mind? I can only name gosh, I think I think there's someone called Frodo. Well done. I'm getting so sad. I, I know the Hobbit and I know Frodo and I think that's about <laughs> it. I do not know anybody else. <laughs> I'm just so sad. Right Ask now. me Harry Potter and I will tell you. I do I'm not just, know. I'm Lord so sad. Okay, do you have any thoughts on balloons? They fl- float, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well said. Okay, big dogs or small dogs? Both. We actually have a small dog at home, but I do like, I like dogs. I I hear a cat is the queen of your house. Yeah, well, (laughs) so Jason has had had a cat for the last six years, and she definitely likes him more than she likes me. (laughs) Um, She likes me from a distance. And then three weeks ago, we got a dog, and I want to say that he likes me more. (laughs) So I'm going to hold on to that. All right. Can you say good day, mate, in an Australian accent? <laughs> no. <laughs> not even. You have to try. Come on. Come on. 
Good day, mate. <laughs> yes, that was very good. That was good. very good. That was yes. very good. Let's make an Indian do that. Do an Australian accent <laughs> while she's in America. Can That's you do an American one. accent? Mm, uh, no. I, I don't <laughs> <laughs> good day. <laughs> okay. Have you ever slapped someone in the face? No. She hesitated. No, she hesitated. No, I'm trying to think. She had to think about it. <laughs> I mean, I think like in in a joke, like you know, with friends, when right, you're right, joking, I probably like sure, done sure, that a little sure. bit, but no, <laughs> otherwise never. All right. So I think I have to I have to preface that in our house, my mom had a rule that nobody is allowed to hit or physically hit attack anybody shoulders and above. You're not allowed. <laughs> so if they had to punish us also, you would you would probably get like and my parents like I definitely got spanked when I was young. I don't know if anybody ascribes or doesn't ascribe to that method anymore, but I I got it. I grew up just fine. Um but my mom and dad also ha- my mom rather had a rule that no hitting shoulders and above. So I think we just took it very <laughs> So your sister I, I, I was I was anticipating a no hitting rule and I just <laughs> no, love no, no, that just it's no like hitting just shoulders, shoulders and above. Yeah, so yeah, just shoulders yeah, and above. Yeah, just shoulders and above. Yeah. Mom, my sister hit me in the arm. Yeah, that's well, fine. That's within the rules. <laughs> that's fair play. <laughs> that's fine. No foul yeah, here. No, Y'all no work sh- it out. We no saw the review <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> yeah, just no shoulders and above. So. All right, and last question. Besides your family or food, what is the thing that you miss the most? About India, my friends. Oh I wait, I should have said friends too. <laughs> <laughs> besides people, besides, uh, besides and people. edible things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think I think there's something about I, I don't know how to describe it, but there's something about being in India. There's a the sense of feeling at home, mm. like the mm-hmm. you. You can I can drive to places. Well, now nobody lets me drive there anymore. But you know I can get to places and see signboards that are familiar that used to be this other store and now has sort of evolved into you know this other store, or sort of reminiscing around the city. Well, this is where this coffee shop used to be, where we used to all go and hang out. Um, but now it's become something else. Um, I think those things I do miss being able to just go and see the city and just see how it has changed over time mm. well well done you survived the speed this, round this is beautiful <laughs> this is great this is great okay well we don't have too much left but we do want to to pick up kind of where we left off earlier and just hear a little bit about how you and jason ended up at shades and mm-hmm. kind of why well i mean you, you mentioned before you know y'all were at separate churches mm-hmm. and it's like Okay, I don't feel like I fit there. You don't feel like you fit here. So why did Shades become a place where y'all felt like y'all fit together? So you had a friend mm-hmm. suggest it to you. So and I think it was somebody at Jason's workplace. So okay. in true Jason fashion, he had asked someone, hey, what church do you go to? Do you have any suggestions? My girlfriend and I are looking for a place. Um, so someone just suggested Shades Valley. And so we came here. I think he knew off the church and he may have known a couple different members, but I did not know anybody. And I think what we were looking for when we came, I wanted a place, I wanted to be in a place where scripture was taught with truth and boldness unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Like you're not sugarcoating it. Like That's what I wanted. He wanted a place that, you know, had all of that, but good worship and people that would welcome us. Because we had been to other places where we felt like we could have gone there for two years and we would have still felt like we didn't know anybody. Mm. Um, and so he was 
really driven by I want to I want to be in a place where people come talk to us and they come you know acknowledge who we are and ask about us and and we came here I still remember the first time we walked in I think Joe um Corey Joe, Corey no, no Joe no. Kittinger Joe Kittinger thank you I couldn't remember her last name <laughs> <laughs> sorry Joe very <laughs> different <laughs> Joe <laughs> uh no so, but Joe was out uh, greeting and then she was you know and she asked us like are you new and we were like yeah this is our first time and we came in November and we were like, yeah, this is our first time. Um, and funny enough, like we didn't know what the dress code or protocol was. It's the first time we came. Like I dressed up. I think I was in boots and wearing tights. And Jason came like in a full blazer. And then we turned around and someone's in jeans and someone's like in a cut-off shirt. And we were like, <laughs> okay, I guess we may be a little overdressed. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, and Jo was amazing. She was like, oh, welcome. Like this is, you know, we're happy to have you here. And then she sort of walked us by and introduced us to Ed. Ed was standing at the door. I think getting ready to go in and Ed spoke to us and probably in shorts, flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt. It, w- it was November. <laughs> it was November. So I think he was wearing pants. By I was that about point. to say he's still, there's still a chance, yeah. <laughs> but it was, I think when we came in, like Ed spoke to both of us. Um, and then when we were doing the past the peace part of the service, like Joe came back and talked to us cause we were sitting in the corner there. Joe came back and talked to us. And when we were leaving, we spoke to Ed again. And he was like, you know, we loved meeting with you. We'd love to have you come back. And like those things made a huge impact on us. And then before we left, um, Jason came and came up and spoke to Brad. And we still laugh about it. It was like the most awkward <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I'm trying to remember this. <laughs> okay, so Jason, uh, both of us had talked. We want to be in a place where we can also serve. Like both of us have a heart to serve. And we want to be able to serve in a place. So... <laughs> Brad was standing in the back behind the table over there, um, you know, asking. The resource table. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) There's a name (laughs) to the table. But Brad was standing there and trying to get people to sign up for something. And I don't remember what that was. But Jason went (laughs) to try and say, like, hey, you know what? We want to be able to serve, whether it's serving on the coffee team or something, whatever. Brad, I think, heard only a part of it and said, oh, you you know, yeah, we would love to grab coffee. So Jason's talking about serving on the coffee team. Brad's talking about going and grabbing, grabbing coffee. coffee. I'm standing on the side and laughing because I can tell that there's a miscommunication. And Jason walks out and he's like, wait, was I not clear? Like, I felt like I was saying something and I wasn't getting a clear answer. I was like, yes, because you both were talking about two different things. <laughs> My wife would say that's not a miscommunication. My wife would just say that's further evidence that I'm a horrible <laughs> listener. And in this instance, I probably have to agree with her. <laughs> no, and I don't know. So I think this I'm was terrible at multitasking. This too. was right after service, right? So music was still playing. So y'all didn't come back for a year after this conversation, <laughs> right? And you but qu- it was <laughs> during that season you questioned your faith <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, thankfully no to all of that yes. uh, we came back the next week and uh, and we came back and Ed saw us and he was like oh it's great to see you back here you know he was like obviously remind me your names again but you know at least he remembered us and he came and he spoke to us and and Jason loved that you know, he was like this this is what I want I want to feel like we belong somewhere I want to feel like somebody cares whether we show up or not um, and then Ed introduced us to Bill and Julie, and then we met. I came up and introduced us to Jonathan. Um, we did come back and have more coffee conversation with Brad. <laughs> like Brad had no did idea. Did I redeem who myself? <laughs> Brad had no idea who we were <laughs> by that point. And I finally told Jason, I was like, let's just give it a few weeks, and then we'll come back and we'll, <laughs> we'll bring back the conversation. Up. Jason is serving on the coffee team i know currently. jason and his wife are serving so on the, the lord team. works all things for good yes <laughs> even through the stupidity of his <laughs> leaders in the church 
Um, no, but then we were able to sort of meet different people. Um, that was, I think, we came and I think like two weeks later we started the Advent season and we were trying to make plans to grab coffee with Jonathan or do dinner and then I met with an accident and I broke my hand and then I went to California for three weeks so then so everything got pushed out and I think like two three different times we made plans set almost everything up we're like okay let's meet on this date oh she has to go to the hospital oh she's leaving to California the next day then we planned everything for Jason and Jonathan to meet while I was gone and then Jonathan fell sick and then Jason fell sick and then everyone kept doing this back and forth <laughs> So I think we started planning that meeting in early December. We didn't do it until end of January, almost February. That's when Jason and I met with Jonathan and Holly for dinner. And, you know, just even little things like that made a huge difference to us. About, you know, like, oh, people people actually cared about our desire to want to meet. And they followed up with us and they reached back out to us. Um, around that time also, we attended the Roots seminar, um, which both of you uh, had sort of led and so all of those things like made a difference and I think I want to say maybe like second third month in we walked in and um, Ken Blackwood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like hey do you guys want to do um, the offering <laughs> so Jason looked at me he's like I don't know what to do I was like I don't know just go follow whatever <laughs> they're doing and so he did, right? I mean, it was as simple as that. It wasn't this mm. long process of, oh, you have to you have to become a member and then you have to do this training and you have to do this other thing. It was easy enough for us to go in and say, hey, we don't know what we're doing, but that's okay. You know, like we're willing to learn. Um, we're willing to tell you that we don't know what we're doing if someone can show us, like point us in the right direction and we're willing to learn. Mm. Um, I think around that time also we've discovered that Jonathan took, I want to say, what, a year to finish the book of John? Like, we only came, <laughs> <laughs> we only came to us, like, chapter 14 or 15. Uh, and then even that had, like, separate several pauses <laughs> in between. But uh, there was this running joke, of like, oh, I've been in the book of John for so long. And the first couple of times, we didn't get the reference to what it was. <laughs> and then much later, Jason was like, wait, we're we still not done. I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not delivering the sermons. <laughs> so. Well, despite that, and you know, despite despite the amount of time I spent in the Gospel of John, and despite you know Brad trying to take you to coffee when you're trying to volunteer <laughs> for coffee, we were very thankful that the Lord brought y'all and that uh, and that you stayed, and and we're thankful that you came in today to share. Yeah, with thank, us just thank you for having me. I think yes. story for Jason and I, for Jason and I, this like, the church has been a huge blessing. Um, you know, everyone knows we got married last year. Jonathan knows the story behind all of that. Oh yeah, y'all, y'all have the distinct, <laughs> the distinct place of being the only couple I've ever done uh, a wedding for twice. In the same year. Yeah. At yeah. the same place. <laughs> <laughs> same bride that's, and groom. That's another if you, podcast. If you want that story, yeah, you have to ask that in person. Uh-huh. Yeah, but so, no, this no. has been a huge blessing to us, uh, just to be able to be ministered to and to minister and serve in different ways. Um, it has been a huge blessing. So the blessing is ours and we, yes, we love y'all. Yes. Well, this has been another episode of shades midweek meet a member edition. We will see you next time.